0: Well, hi, and welcome to Master's Choice Podcast, episode 43. Appreciate you guys joining us today. We've got an exciting uh, kind of a show today. We've got, we've got a lot of new things going on in studio today. Is Scott Harris. Hello. Hello. Scott's not new, um, no. but but he's he's in a new role and in I a am. new position. I think we've mentioned that a little bit. We, uh, we're in a new studio today. Yeah.
1: This is like it. I feel like you know you just went from like a one-bedroom apartment, yeah, to you know a full-blown house here. So we've actually got room. You can do this. We, you can, and and this. that, yeah. And if, but if you want to, I mean, <laughs> you, you want don't. To. You don't have to. You can actually stretch and move. don't do it again. Okay. <laughs> it was awkward
0: <laughs> it was no but yeah so so we've got a lot of new things going on here we we, we got some uh some new new products that we're going to be uh, carrying this year and so um so yeah so so Scott tell us a little bit about your new role uh where you were what what you're doing what you're doing now I mean you're still you're still with master's choice yes in in, in a capacity but give us a little bit of an update on that
1: yeah I am, I'm definitely still with master's choice I, as Mark and I joke they will probably have to kick us out. To make us leave, so we're we're you know still here, still we're still working with with MC and and with the sales side, just not near in as uh, direct role as I was before. Uh, before as the national sales manager for Master's Choice, I was working mostly with the distributors, kind of kind of going into new areas. Um, since then, uh, Toby has switched into that role. Yeah. Toby Strebe, who has been on a podcast before, has taken over that aspect. And I am actually stepping away from that and focusing more international mm-hmm. for one aspect. And that's going to be an exciting new opportunity. We're already going to be in two or three different countries this year. And that's expanding. And I get more, honestly, more opportunity and emails about that daily than, than I could have imagined. Good, which so, reminds
0: me, I've got some, uh, was talking yesterday to some guys, and uh, and there's probably some contacts that, that we need to, Hook, hook you up with and connect very, you with for, from those guys. But Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So they, literally stuff
1: like that is happening all the time. More and more opportunities there. So my time will need to shift a little bit there. Um, and then I'm also getting the opportunity to work with some of the other aspects so that a lot of people probably don't know about. Yeah. Um, you know, Crabtree Holdings, who who has Master's Choice, which is Lynn and Paula and the boys. Right. Um have some other business ventures within, you know, the area. So we have a local division, MC Ag, that does all of our local sales. Um, they do chemicals, fertilizers, right. all that stuff. So I'm getting to work more with them. Um, and then just the investment side of the business, so properties and things like that and farmland and kind of expanding into the farming side a little more and getting to kind of diversify a little bit. So working with all those different companies and, and then of course the international side and then still doing of course some for, for MC Inc. So you you haven't got rid of me. No,
0: no, <laughs> no. We we still see you around. Yep. We we still we still get to have you in meetings and and you know we, we get to see your bright, shining face. Ding. Ding. Absolutely. <laughs> So, no, no, that's really cool. That's really cool. And that kind of happened first
1: of the year? Pretty much, yeah. So um, I transitioned uh, boards and transitioned the role, I would say, January. Yeah, I think January was the first board meeting that we changed that. So um, it's been... uh, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Toby seems to be adjusting very well yeah. uh, to the new role, and and he comes from an extremely good sales background and was a master's choice team member, so I mean, wasn't a huge stretch necessarily, right. but he's gonna he's gonna really take off well with that. The the distributors will enjoy working with Toby. We're very different, but very similar in some ways, yeah. so it'll be a good transition.
0: No, I no I no I think you're exactly right. I think it's a, a great transition, and it's a, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that um you know. It, it it's not good, bad. It's different, you yeah, know. It's just I mean, and and um, you know, and, and so basically, kind of growing up in 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 this business, you know, I, the, our our company is growing up, and and we we have different roles for different folks, and and you know, that's one thing about about Master's Choice that I really I- enjoy is that when um, when Lynn and Paula and 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 we as the board kind of see somebody fitting into a a, a different area in a, in a, you know, in a skill set, for, yeah, right. a different area than what they were, what they were hired for. You know, we, we, we try to, we, we try to as best as we can allow them to kind of, yep. to kind of, Go in that direction, and and we want we want people to be fulfilled at work here. Right. Well, you got to look
1: at it from the aspect of our for Master's Choice. The general manager was hired originally to answer the phones, basically. Yep. yep. Um, as a receptionist, somewhat, um, but she's just so talented and worked so hard, and it just made sense, and she fit into that role. And then, you know, CEO, the Kevin, the CEO, was yep. hired as just kind of a lower level sales yep. associate when we didn't even have a sales associate position at the time, and he was hired and brought in, and look where it's changed. So. I mean, that's one of the things that I was just talking to uh, Ryan McAllister, who we just recently hired as our talent acquisition lead, and he uh he was asking just what sets Master Choice apart. And that was one of the biggest things is that they let they give people freedom to grow. Yep. And that's what's happened. It's just a just naturally occurring change, putting people's skill sets into the right position. And um, you know, it's it's gonna be part of a growing company. Absolutely. So.
0: And so no, so I, I'm 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 glad for you that that you're in the position that you are now. I'm I'm glad that you're that you're working uh, working there I'm, I'm also I'm also a little sad yeah you know I've had to travel with Toby a little much yeah and um, no that I'm just kidding traveling with Toby's easy <laughs> <laughs> at least you're safe yeah at least yeah exactly <laughs> and so um but no but but I, I do I do kind of miss miss hanging out with you and traveling quite a bit but I, I think there will be I think there there's gonna be um, be some more of that coming up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah,
1: almost so. almost everybody that I talk to who kind of hears about the changes, like, well, you get to stay home more, and that's not really true. No, um, it's just gonna be different travel. Um, yeah. International. we right now, typically we go out three to four. Maybe yeah. five days at a time. Yeah. You know, most of your international trips are going to be eight, nine days, ten days, you know, because right. you're going to kind of bounce around. But I won't be gone maybe as often, but probably still the same amount still of days when it's up. all yeah. said and done. But um, just just different so uh, I really enjoy it. I miss working, you know. I'll miss working with some of the distributors, and as much as I was, and as close as I was, and traveling with you guys, quite as much. I didn't really get to travel with you much anyway in the last year. No, but, no. But uh,
0: it'll, it'll just, it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot of fun though. It will be. It will be glad. Glad that you're along those lines. You know, and and with that. With some of those changes and, and you talked about hiring Ryan McAllister, talent acquisition and we'll probably have him on pretty soon just to talk about what he's looking for out there and just a little bit about about who he is in, in that background. But you know, with with those things and, and, and these these good changes coming on you know, we, we kind of mentioned it. We're we're in a new studio. We've we've moved marketing up to to a different kind of suite, and there's a whole lot more room up here for them, and, and a whole lot more room. That
1: that was totally done to give them more room, not to get them further away from us. It oh, was totally oh, done to give them more room.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. No, don't ever mistake that we would want them no further away from us. Absolutely not. You know that we would want them. To leave us alone. Right. Or anything like that. You know, I mean, we would never mean that. It's,
1: you know, now that we're down this path, it seems like a really bad idea to mock the guys who control <laughs> the, the way <laughs> you look on camera or sound. So or,
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, awesome. I wasn't I wasn't mocking It was worth them. the investment. I wasn't I wasn't Fully. mocking them at all. Fully. So but yeah, so so there so there are and, and one of those other things that we uh that we talked about is that uh as we as we have grown and, and we've gotten some, some direct sales guys that are um, that are out out in the area and out out and about, you know, we, we've noticed that we needed to we, we needed to expand the, uh, the the seed portfolio that we've been able to provide. We talked about last year with bond silage and the inoculant and so and so this year uh, this this sales season coming up, we'll be we'll be selling sorghum from uh, from out to seed. And we'll be selling some alfalfa's from, from Next Grow. And, and so, um, so yeah, so we'll be we'll be doing those some things. I don't know that you know that things are gonna look a whole lot different for us, but but you know, we, we wanted to be able to allow those those salaried sales reps something to have in their hand to go on the farm. You know, when like you said, a lot of work with distributors, and when we work with those distributors. And still working with those distributors, uh, we uh, you know it, we were we could just be we could just do corn, but now that we've got some of these guys out and about, we really need we really needed to expand that. And so you know, part of my role was to to go out and and help find the best products. And and so I, I've been I'm excited about the, the those those new relationships that we had. And so anyway, well, with that being said, let's let's call Tyson in.
1: Ooh. Do we have to call Tyson. No, we're, we
0: are calling Tyson. Okay. okay. So you be nice. Okay. When we get Tyson on the phone, you be nice. Okay. As long
1: as he's nice to me. Hey, hey Tyson, hey, he's good to me. I'm good to him. Tyson, we'll just leave will, it at that.
0: Tyson will be great. Okay. Safe. All right. So, fine. So uh, yeah. So so let's get let's get Tyson on the line. All right. Well, on the phone with us now is our uh, Alta Seeds national sales account manager, Tyson Metter. Tyson, how are you today, sir? Doing well. Doing well, Mark. Good deal. You've been traveling a lot this week.
2: Traveling a lot this week, just uh, kind of prepping for getting seat deliveries out and uh, long-range planning, and all of the above, making sure we finish strong and start strong. Absolutely, no doubt.
0: Good deal. So, um, Tyson, you and I had, have known each other for a while. Um, we've been we've been around each other. You uh, and, and Scott here, you know, we've all kind of been in the industry long enough that. We've, we've made those contacts and, you know, we, we work with some of the same distributors, we, we work in some of the same areas and, um, and so we've known you for a while and it's been, you know, about, about two years now, we've kind of been working on, uh, on bringing in some sorghum for, uh, for some, some of our direct sales guys. And, and of course you were, you know, you were the, the guy that, that we wanted to work with and, and, and came to and. And so, um, so I, you know, I appreciate that. We've known you for a while, like I said. And so, but give us a little bit of background and history to uh, to who Alta Seeds is and, and and what they're about.
2: Yeah, Alta Seeds is a, uh, a U.S.-based uh, seed company operating out of Texas. That in in the sorghum market really is where we're focused. Um, on top of that. Advanta Seeds, which is our uh, parent company, is a global seed company that operates in about six continents and forty countries. Wow. Um, we we are a world leader in uh, sorghum germ plasma, and uh, also we do a lot of seed research and marketing in the sorghum world. We we're in, globally we're in a lot of in a lot of other crops other than sorghum, but in the U.S. our focus is sorghum. Um, the alta seed brand is the uh the premium brand of seed that we're supporting in the u.s and you know all of our research and all of our hard work goes into that brand so we're bringing the latest and greatest in sorghum traits and sorghum um, characteristics to that brand
0: so you know we've been we've been working with you all on like the the forage sorghum end How, how how big of a percentage of the business is uh, for y'all is forage sorghum versus grain sorghum you
2: know, and you know really when you look at it mark it's probably about half and half but, oh. you know where we've heard a lot of our emphasis is the forages and uh, we find that every year is to keep growing and keep growing um, you know livestock producers are needing a lot more things in the field today than they maybe want at or or, are becoming more knowledgeable with some of the things they truly need. And, you know, we try to fill that demand with, you know, with some of our dry stock as well as, you know, photo period sensitive, the BMR-6 and making the best product
1: we can for the growers. Uh, Absolutely. So, hey, Tyson, it's Scott.
0: Um, Hey, Scott.
1: How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Uh, Usually only see you on the road. Tyson and I only live, what, two and a half hours apart from each other, but usually run into each other in California or New York or (laughs) (laughs) something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So we literally, Toby and I ran into him in California, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So one thing about that, so, you know, when I first started at Master's Choice, you know, you and I did a lot of meetings together and there was always a, a funny banter that would go back and forth about sorghum versus corn and, you know, choosing one over the other and, you know a lot of joking and, and stuff that went on, but really the two can work really well together um, in some aspects. So how are you guys, what are you seeing in that respect to a lot of, let's, let's kind of focus more on the dairy side here, but um how are you seeing that work as far as the two working together?
2: Well, you know, yeah, and you're exactly right. Corn and sorghum have a lot of parodies. Um, you know, what we're seeing is you know where we can get by and do well is maybe not on that corn acre but you still want to have a silage type product um you know we don't want to take away from the corn acres because obviously there's some acres that definitely need to be corn and they definitely definitely the grower manages for that. Where, where I see sorghum coming in is, you know, as we get into some, some tougher economic times or even in a tougher ground situation, I mean, your inputs aren't going to be as great on that, and, and we can get in there and give the same amount of tonnage and feed quality with a lower input product, and especially if you're going for that marginal acre, too. So
0: So, so marginal acre, as in, you know, we talk, I think sometimes we throw that, that term tougher around or marginal acre, but you're talking about maybe something that's a little bit more droughty and and what other kind of characteristics would would you, would you say that that would be?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely a droughty. If you look at a sorghum plant, it's going to handle the heat a lot differently than say corn, you know, where corn maybe would shut off about 85 degrees and kind of just shut down and potentially if we keep in a drought situation it could potentially you know be greatly reduced in yield and and some some of the quality where sorghum is kind of unique in that it, it can kind of almost just go dormant for right. a little while while it don't have rain and some of the other things it needs so if, if you know you're putting it in a droughty spot or, or you're anticipating a droughty year it's it's a crop that can actually or will actually extend maturity in some cases just because it will go into a dormant t- stage when it is uh not getting the rainfall and some of the things that it needs to keep growing in it and then when it does get that it will kind of bounce back into say production mode and, and grow and fill off the head at yeah, that point makes sense
1: so i've seen uh been on a few farms this year and i i know this isn't a big piece i'm sure but i thought it was interesting concept the first time i heard it is guys who will maybe put corn in the pivot area and then plant sorghums in the corners or maybe where the where the pivot gun doesn't reach or something like that is that becoming more common and um, we, it seems like a pretty see, smart idea
2: well we see that in a lot of areas and just there again it kind of goes back to you know you know where the water is pretty prevalent that's probably your corn area and where where you know it's going to be droughty and uh, pretty rough. That that could definitely be a great fit
0: for sorghum. So, so Tyson, I'm I'm going to put you on the spot just for a second, and uh, probably won't be the the last time in this conversation. <laughs> but, um, you know on on those on on those tougher acres, you know what compared to corn? I mean, you're probably looking at, at more, you know, a higher yield than, than you would with corn, correct? With the, yes. with the sorghum, yeah, absolutely so while while retaining while retaining excellent quality
2: right yeah you're not that's what you kind of got to keep in mind you're not going
1: to give up quality just because you don't have enough rainfall in them drier areas so as far as um the grain side what are you is that you're seeing that used a lot on feedlot dairies on top of the whole plant or is it What's the main uses for the grain sorghum side? The,
2: the, the grain sorghum, you know, and when you look at the grain sorghum, where we see most of it planted, I mean, yeah, we see it nationwide, but the grain sorghum belt would be from you know Texas up into Kansas and kind of you know the center part of the United States, where we're seeing a lot of that. They have a lot of you know markets that they're maybe sending it into some food production as in, you know, stuff that goes into a grocery store. Um, Where we see it in other places of the world is, you know, or other places in the United States is, you know, some niche markets. You know, birdseed, for example, um, is, is one of the bigger markets. Another market in certain parts of the world is when you have hogs. A lot of folks like to feed it to the hogs. And, you know, there's a couple companies out there that's, really kind of doubled down on that and, you know taking it pretty seriously and they like the the grain sorghum because it's a you know just a good all-around food source for the hogs um a couple other things we have some you know uh, um, white grain sorghums or cream grain sorghum collars going into the poultry market and that's basically because you know they don't want the chicken breast to be red so you know there's a couple different options but you know Grain sorghum is a, a a growing growing crop, I guess, or a commodity into the fact that, you know, lower input cost, um, you know, some good non-GMO seed, um, which all grain sorghum and forage sorghum and sorghum sudans and all that are non-GMO. And another big thing is when you think of that, it's, uh, and these are buzzwords that we hear in the grocery store a lot, non-GMO, and another one is gluten-free. So... So that's something that's pretty interesting to the food world
0: and uh, Hey I hey, Tyson, corn is gluten-free also. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Hey, so so that does kind of that does kind of spark this question. You know, you, you talked about that that it was that it was going into into food. What what kind of food products? I guess I was kind of ignorant of that. I didn't I didn't realize there were food products that were being made with sorghum.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a whole list and um, And to go through them is kind of would take forever. But I was really surprised. I mean, we've seen it in some, you know, everything from stuff that we eat on our table that you don't really think about to, you know, some pet food even. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, National Sorghum Producers, I think they produced a big list a couple years ago. And I was really taken back that I'm like, wow, this many, many things is going into this.
0: Oh, yeah, that's interesting because I, I I didn't I, I figured I that you know ninety plus percent of it was actually going into animal feed. I didn't realize that there was that there was so so much of that going into other products. And so how have you how have you seen? So you've been working uh, for Alta Seeds for a while now, um, and and you said you all, you all were doing some long range forecasting. H- how how have you seen the uh, the, the sorghum market change? And and what what are y'all kind of looking at as far as you know where do you think it's going to go?
2: Well, we're seeing the markets change a little bit on the grain side of things since we were just on that. Yeah. You know that 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 seems like a what I call a pretty volatile market, but yet it's growing. And and I think a reason why it's growing is because you know as we have lower grain prices than we have in several years, I mean people are looking for a crop that's going to be pretty, pretty versatile. And in, in what I mean by that, that is, they're still, you know, going to have some good yields and some good quality out of it, but they're looking at ways to cut costs. Okay. So, and you know, so that's definitely, you know, you can kind of scale back your input cost a little bit on a few things. Uh, The forage side of things, as we uh, go forward. And when I, when I say forage, like, forage sorghum, uh, your sorghum sudans and sudan grasses, Right. right. Um, when I see them on like the livestock market, was, them are becoming more popular for some of the same reasons as the grains, you know, reduction in cost of a few things. But, you know, people are also taking note on how to manage them and how to manage them very well. And um, also, you know, how we can use them in a feeding system and, and still get a very quality product. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they're not replacing corn acres. They're actually increasing their acres that they're doing like a silage type product on because the sorghum is pretty versatile in the fact that it can take a little yeah. tougher yield environments and still produce a great feeding great
0: quality product uh, yeah, absolutely and and let's be honest there's guys who are planting corn on acres that they should have sorghum on even now yeah, you know absolutely but, you know there there are a lot of a lot of those guys out there tyson you talked about the uh the band for uh for for grain sorghum being you know uh up through texas into kansas kind of there in the middle you know, for your 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 forage sorghums, sorghum sedans, sedan grasses, where do you see the highest concentration of those of those being grown?
2: You, well, when you look at the map, I mean, um, it, it's you know the light. You see a lot of our forage stuff, and forages where the livestock is. Okay. So yeah. you know, you get out east and into the Pennsylvania, you know, the Carolinas, and even down into florida we see a a lot of you know forage sorghum sorghum sudans you know another section where we're starting to see quite a bit more and we're not starting to see it's there is you know in some of the northern climates like wisconsin where there's a high concentration of dairy cattle yeah um as as we focus on out west you know there's a lot of large dairies to the west so we we send a lot of forage sorghum out to the west um you know, and even in that grain belt, we're starting to see a lot of guys that have had really good luck and have some livestock here and there that they're, you know, are some beef cattle that they're looking at you know, sorghum sudans and Sudan grasses. So, I think overall our our market is growing, and you know, we're trying to put out a really good quality product. There's a lot of lower quality products or cheap products out there, right? And, we really don't want to be in that
0: game Well, so, and, and that, uh, you know that's kind of why we why we partnered with, with you all for sure. that, that's why that's why because we, we knew that you you had excellent quality products that, that really match up the story that we tell as, as master's choice and, um, and and so there were a lot of a lot of areas there were a lot of similarities and if we're going to sell the best corn hybrid out there, we want to take to the farm uh, you know the, the best the best sorghum product too for sure. So. so, one last question from me, Tyson, is... Um, it doesn't have to be your
1: last question. I, I'm done talking to him. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing else done. <laughs> <to him. laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, one of the things you always hear about when you talk about sorghums is the sugarcane aphid issues, challenges. Yes. Um, what are you guys doing to combat that? What's the newest things on it? Um, you know, just hit on that a little bit. Sure
2: yeah sugar cane aphid say in the last two and a half years have has become a what i call a non-issue to a, a you know a big red flag um we're we've seen this in the south and we've seen it in texas for quite a few years but we it seems like for some reason we've it's popped up in a lot of other areas so going forward with that we we launched this year uh what we call a and that's a designation we provide our products that are aphid tolerant sugarcane aphid tolerant and, and it's starting in the grain side of things first because that's where we were seeing the biggest uh, you know a lot of the guys there it was actually damaging a crop to the point where they couldn't harvest it or couldn't get any you know grain out of it so we started there and um, we have been you know in our testing looking at aphid tolerant stuff and and the key word in that whole whole thing is tolerance. And I mean, there's nothing that's going to be resistant, but it's going to be tolerant. And, you know, when you think of tolerance, it's like, yes, the aphids still may feed on them a little bit, but their retention rate of, you know, actually having a good crop or coming
0: out of it is tolerant. Yeah, so tolerant what... like... Like we don't kill Scott, we just tolerate him.
2: Yeah, You, right. just, you, you know what I mean. Put up with him every day. Put
0: up with him. He's still around. He still he aggravates not going us. going away. But, but, but
1: resistance but is futile. <laughs> 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 so, right.
2: So, so what we did in that is brought out the apex <gasps> designation, and we have a, well, I think, four products in the grain side of things that have that, and and what what we do, you can plant with confidence knowing it's going to have some aphid tolerance and not just totally get destroyed so is there such
1: a thing as resistant as aphid resistant and do do companies claim to have that
2: yes companies do claim to have that and that but they're from what our data shows and we've worked with universities as well as internal stuff what we're seeing i mean there is no true resistance there's still, you know, there's still maybe some feeding or something. So I mean in my eyes, and our company's eyes, it's tolerance. So so, <laughs> so that's the key word. So So buyer and, beware
1: basically is buyer what beware,
2: yes. You know, makes and sense. and one thing that we're looking with that and we'll probably expand on next year, we'll we'll start seeing that affix designation in our forages, forage okay. sorghums and some other things. So I guess it's kind of an exciting time, especially as we get to swim so in the southern climates, and I even saw it out in California. I think two years ago, um, you know, if we can have that aphid, aphix designation, we're gonna, you know, perk growers' mind that ease that they're planting the right product for the pest they have. That's so. awesome.
0: So, so I mean, you said you know those things are coming in the forage sorghum in the next couple years or year or so. What? uh, you know what, what could a what can a guy do who's going to plant ford sorghum this summer what are some things that he could do that would help mitigate that uh, that uh, you know the the aphid the aphid problem
2: sure uh, seed applied treatment the insecticide does help if, especially in this as you go further south and it does give you a little more control um, so i think that's always good one thing that where we got caught there a couple of years ago, and everybody has heard of sugarcane aphid, but nobody ever really scouted for it. Okay. And, and one, one thing I always urge people, the pickup scouting is probably not the best practice. Get out, walk in your fields. you're going see see it pretty quick if you haven't. And you know if you do have something like that, there are a few uh, pesticides out there that can help out with that and get you through it. But you know the key to it all is really just scouting or just being very proactive and making sure you know that you're looking at your fields other than just driving by them.
0: Yeah, right. That's I was gonna say that's what pickup scouting is. Is let's get <laughs> yeah. the pickup and go look at some things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: <laughs> get a 12 pack of water. And go out. Right. And do a little you know, pickup scouting. You know.
0: So, um, so you, you're saying you know mitigate to be to be scouting for it um you know the guys didn't know what that was uh what about did did you mention earlier planting isn't that one of the ways to to mitigate maybe
2: absolutely yeah the earlier you can get it out there it seems like what we're seeing so far is you know they come
0: in a little later um a couple
2: examples of that we we had two different plots one a first season plot and then one a double crop and, you know, our double crop was ate up with the aphids. Our first crop was not. So,
1: uh, you know,
2: earlier planting is always better because they do come in, it seems, a little later.
1: So you have to, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to plant sorghum in a little bit warmer soil temperature, correct? That is correct. So I mean, good, is there anything good, that they can do if they want to try to get it in earlier? What can they do to push that a little bit? Because need it to be a little bit warmer soil. How do they I balance mean, that?
2: Well, I mean, where we would like to see it is the
1: soil temperature above 50.
2: I think ultimate, ultimately you'd want to be closer to 60, but you can throw it in at about 50 degrees. Um, you know, you just don't want it out there in the cold. Uh, another good rule of thumb on planting sorghum is, especially since we're talking with mostly corn guys here, yeah. is, you know, right after you get done planting your corn it would be the best time to start throwing in your sorghum.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of guys, they'll be like, Oh man, I'm done planting corn. I've got a couple weeks before I plant yeah. sorghum. Yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. And then, you know, I think, you know, in most cases, you know, in most yield environments, earlier stuff usually does a little better earlier planted stuff usually
1: does a little better. See, now that we're, we have a new relationship, I won't say the joke of you get the important stuff out first and then you know, right. I, w- I won't do that now because our relationship yeah. has changed, but you know, in the past, you know, I might have joked about that, but no, it, it, may makes or may it makes sense. It may not have
0: been sad. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Tyson, I'm going to kind of give you the last word here. Um, just want to, you know, what if if a guy's thinking about trying some um, some some forage sorghum, maybe some sorghum sedan or some sedan grasses. What are what are your what are your top picks out of the lineup uh, for yeah. for forage sorghum?
2: Yeah, probably if I was looking forage sorghum one to definitely try that i think you will definitely come back to would be 7401 and it's a fuller season forage sorghum but it's a true berkitic. which when i say burkitic we hadn't really talked about that no we hadn't but uh, you know burkitic Forage sorghum is, you know, a lot of guys, when I just said the word forage sorghum, they flash back to 30 years ago, and they planted some, and it was like 30 foot high, and then the first little breeze that came through, it, it fell over, and that was their experience with right. forage sorghum. You know, we had a, a corny tagline that said, you know, not your father's or grandfather's forage sorghum. Sure. Well, with the Burkittic Dwarf, you, you know, you're going to stack everything— that you remembered about the old forage sorghum into a much smaller, shorter statured plant. So the inner nodes are, you know, a lot closer together. Right. Um, it's a lot leafier, high leaf to stem ratio. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a unique looking plant. And it's the beauty of it, is it's going to be about six foot high versus that 12 to 13 foot high.
0: Yeah. And, so, and a, a more substantial stalk, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's definitely not what it used to be, and it's definitely something you want to take a look at. And, you know, the stock will, I, I consider it, the stock looks a lot like a corn stock. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be thick, it's going to have a lot of internodes, and it's going to have a lot of leaf. Yeah. So, and, you know, with the BMR, it's going to be a really good feeding product, a really top quality product all the way around and a good standard at
0: that so definitely definitely no i've been been very impressed with the uh 7401 just the the agronomics of it but also the uh the the nutrition behind that so so 7401 for for ford sorghum what about a sorghum sedan
2: sorghum sedan i'd probably look at the 6402 there again it's going to be a bmr product so the brown mid-red, so it's going to have a high nutrition value. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also going to be the Burkittic, so it's not going it. to be overly rank and tall. It's going to stand well. It's going to be a very pretty green plant out in the field, and uh, it's going to be just top quality again.
0: Good deal. and and And, uh, um, and, and just a, a straight sedan grass. What's straight
2: Sudan, which, you know, when you're looking at straight Sudans, be good for bailing, grazing, whatever you wanted to do, but, you know, and hay type operations. Right. But um, 9302 would be the one I would recommend on that. There again, both things we've just talked about a little bit DMR as well as, you know, a, uh, a Burkittic type tray. So it's not going to get as tall as maybe some of your other Sudans, but it's still going to be you know tall enough to do what you need to do and uh it's one that your cows would definitely, definitely go to and another thing with it, it's your dry stock so uh it will have a little quicker dry down on some of the if you, somebody was hanging it or something so it's yeah. a little reduced in moisture Good. so that makes it unique as well so definitely
0: Good deal. Well, I'm not going to let Scott say anything else to you. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the last word. You, sure. I know you got things to do today, but I really appreciate you calling in. And any, anything else you kind of want to wrap up with? Well, I mean, it could be a jab at Scott. It could, <laughs> could, could be anything.
2: Well, I'll try to keep it clean. I won't go with any jabs at Scott, but <laughs> no, uh, I, I strongly urge, you know, I'm really excited about this partnership with Master Choice and, and like, Mark said earlier, I think there's a lot of good parodies to both of ours, and uh, and I truly believe when you're getting either Master's Choice corn or Alta sorghum, you're getting some of the best products for some of the livestock markets, and you know also you know with our grain sorghum and there's some new things coming out with that, and you know as well with our forest sorghum, I mean there's a lot of new things that we haven't seen in the sorghum industry in a long long time, and it's kind of exciting start seeing this so uh, i think we're at a good time and uh i think you guys have a good product set with the alpha and master's choice and uh happy to be a part of it absolutely
0: so. tyson we appreciate you appreciate your time tell tell the rest of your team we we said hello and um but yeah thanks for calling in today we we appreciate it bud take tell, care. The, tell the rest
1: of your team that i appreciate them more
0: thanks tyson <laughs> <laughs> love you too scott <laughs> you. bye take care buddy
2: <laughs> See ya. But
0: so uh man that was that's a good talk with Tyson. Yeah. I, I was I always liked Tyson. Um uh like you said, you know, I said earlier that we've known each other for a while and and, and uh things are going well. I I really am excited about about where this uh relationship is headed. And think that it's you know can really grow into something really nice for us
1: yeah tyson is uh is great to work with he's been wonderful from the beginning um always enjoyed the time when travel with him and everything he's really really great to work with and just i'm excited about what's going to happen with alta i mean it's a great partnership we both companies focus on quality they don't try to play the pricing game right Um, and both are in markets that the pricing games Big time, right? Yeah. And so um, it's nice to work with a company that respects that and understands it and is on the cutting edge of everything, just like we're trying to be. So. Very very
0: much so. And so excited about their new AFIX stuff, excited about, about the, uh, the the hybrids that he was talking about, and, and, and excited about getting guys, you know, I and I've gotten in trouble for saying this before, and I'll probably get in trouble saying it for again, but, but those forage sorghums like that can really make milk and make good milk, and especially with um with the market that the way that it is and and Tyson saying inputs can be a little lower you know and and the other thing with with a lot of those uh sorghum sedans and the BMR and everything we can really work to increase components mm-hmm. uh and and right now when when the fluid market is is kind of uh you know we people not picking up milk and and people you know we, you know we can we can make better milk more efficiently. Right.
1: And I and I think too the aspect of for the areas that are having water restriction issues. Oh, absolutely. It's it could be huge. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, California's facing that and they're not the only ones no. that are facing some of these water restriction issues or quality water that you don't want to put on it more than you have to. Yeah. For sure. So um there's there's a great fit there. And as a salesman I can tell you it when you can bring more than one product Product, along i mean any any time you add a product you increase your ability to stay on the farm especially when you're bringing other quality things
0: yeah no and and that and that makes sense it's it's more touches on the farm and it's and it doesn't allow somebody else with this you know somebody else who may have sorghum probably has corn too right you know and they can come in and 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 you don't want to you know you don't want to be able to switch those those acres like that and and so yeah so i i, uh, I i'm excited about where where this is going I really enjoy working with with all of those guys from from Alta seeds and and um and and you know i was i was ignorant of the fact of how growing growing up in texas you know it was milo which yeah. is you know yeah. you know and um and so you know i i never i i just thought it was a kind of an arid southern region kind of crop being out and about and seeing seeing it in Wisconsin and, and Pennsylvania and and you know some some northern areas has been real interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's
1: a it's a it's a good product with a good fit that matches us well. Definitely, so it just makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I, I gave Tyson the last word when when he was on the phone, even though you couldn't you could not you know let it go. Right. You tried to give him. The I last word. tried to give him the yeah. last word. Okay, and uh, but. As far as you know, your new position, some of the new things going on at master Choice, I'm I'm gonna give you uh, I'll give you kind of the the last the last well, thing to say.
1: I guess the main thing for our current customer base is I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still here. Yep. You know, if there's some way that I can help you, I still want to be that resource. Now I'm probably gonna point you in a different direction. Yeah. Maybe whereas before I would have probably just taken it on, but that doesn't mean you still can't reach out to right. me uh, for any questions, comments, concerns. And uh, you know we're always looking at different opportunities, so you know, send me email, call, text, whatever it is, and let's talk. But from a, from an otherwise standpoint, I'm still going to be around. Yeah, so. you will,
0: you will, and and you know, I mean, as as we grow, we're trying to to maintain who we are, right? And and we're not there's I you know we've been looking at, at business plans, uh, for for the future, and and you know, I really really don't see see us becoming anybody different than, than who we have been. Agreed. Absolutely. Hey, guys out there, we appreciate you uh, listening in. This was uh, episode 43, and uh, just really appreciate you guys. Hey, always remember that we are social. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and always, always, always at com. You guys take care.